This message comes to you from City Bible Church in Portland, Oregon, where we are committed to living like Jesus and sharing His love. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. You know, when we think about this idea of Easter, it's, it's really the thought that Jesus came and rose from the grave. And there's billions of people today all over this world that will fill churches and steeples and temples all over the globe to celebrate the fact that Jesus came, that he died for you and me, and he rose again. And what makes this significant when you really think about it, if you just stop for a second, regardless of where you're at on your journey, believing in God or not in God or wherever you're at, is that this was a person 2,000 years ago. He never wrote a book. He never owned a car or a house. But there are literally billions and billions of people today that call on his name and celebrate the fact that he came and he died and he rose again. And this is more than just some celebration of a historical account that took place 2,000 years ago. If you really understand the the revelation of what it really represents, it's that that event is carried over to your life today. What happened 2,000 years ago has an impact upon your life whether you believe that or not. And Jesus came, and when he came, he He presented with us or to us this idea that regardless of what you've done, when we go and look at Susanna's story, we realize that despite what you've done, there is an opportunity and a chance for you to get another start. I mean, if we face the facts, reality is is that we all, I mean, we have a, a pile in front of us, if you will, with all these different things that have happened in our life. Come on, how many would have had an anger issue one time in their life? You're going, okay, I've done that before. I had my best intentions in mind. But, but maybe I got angry or maybe you're here today and you're looking at your life and you're saying, you know, I have this issue of regret in my life. Maybe you've done something you wish you didn't do. Wave at me if that's you. And we could go through this pile of lust and pride and guilt and shame and addictions and wrong decisions. And somehow those things, when they happen to us, whether we desire them to or not, they have an impression on our life that we can't escape from. Now, we can drink our way through it or smoke our way through it. People cope with their mistakes in so many different ways. We wish we didn't make those mistakes. We wish we wouldn't have said that statement or thought that thought or got involved with that relationship or looked at that computer. Whatever it might be, we look at those things. And again, we have the best intent to do good. However, the reality is, is that you and I are simply human. And so Jesus comes to show us that, like Susanna's story, that we have an opportunity to push everything aside and to have a fresh start at life. It's the power of amazing grace. 
And you might be here this morning saying, you know, that just sounds too good to be true. Mark, you don't know my world. You don't know my life. You don't know what I've gone through. You are 100% right. I don't, but he does. And the fact of the matter is that regardless of what you've done, no matter how bad or dark or vile it might be, the reality is, is that what Jesus did erased it all for you. And this morning, I want to look at the life of one of those that were closest to Jesus. His name was Peter. And I want to look at the life of Peter in relationship to this day that we celebrate, Easter. And 2,000 years ago, Peter, again, was, was a nice guy. And Peter, probably like most of us, we, he had the greatest intent to do good things. However, Peter also was a guy that failed. He was simply human. And when you look at Peter's life, again, a lot like us, there were times that he did good things and times that he did bad things. And in this particular story, as we get close to where Jesus would go to the cross and die, Jesus knows that everybody, due to the pressure that they were going to face, that they would scatter that when Jesus was going to go to the cross and die, all of his followers would scatter because their life was at stake as well. Peter, being Peter, said to Jesus, you've got it all wrong. I understand everyone else is going to scatter, but for me, I would rather die than deny. And again, here, here's what we get in this story, is that Jesus knew Peter more than Peter knew Peter. See, God knows you, again, whether you believe in God or you're on a journey to figure him out, listen, he knows you more than you know you. He created you. He knew that Peter was going to fall short. He knew that Peter was going to make a mistake. And it says in Luke twenty two thirty four very kindly, Jesus says to Peter, let me tell you something. In other words, I, I just want to help you think through your idealistic thinking. He says, the rooster will not crow tomorrow morning until you've denied me three times that you even knew me. Peter's going, oh, no, not me, not me, Jesus. Because you just watch. Sure enough, Peter would be taken by the guards. Peter would deny Christ a couple times the rooster would crow. And as you follow out that story, if you go down to verse 62 of that same chapter, it says this, and then Peter left the courtyard, and it says this, he wept bitterly. He knew that he did something that marked his life. He knew that in denying Christ that there would be this statement that he would carry around in his life that would be seared to his testimony of regret. He couldn't get it off of him. He couldn't, he couldn't pull it away. It's just wherever he went, he felt the fact that he did something that he wished he didn't do. He couldn't escape from the fact that he lived a life of regret. Peter failed. You know, what's cool about this story is, is that Jesus uses this as an opportunity to show us that even though Peter failed, we failed too, and there's a there's an opportunity for us here. Again, it's so easy to point fingers at Peter. I mean, Jesus probably should have said, hey, I'm going to name a, a TV show after you, Biggest Loser, but he didn't, right? He, 
he, he came back and he said, hey, listen, I'm going to kind of unfold some things here that are going to help you. Peter failed shows us that, that we failed. That's the ironic part of this story is that Jesus is trying to show us this. Every single one of you in this room, you failed. I failed. You failed. Everybody's normal till you get to know them. We all want to put on our best Easter attire and come out and go, my life is so together and I'm so happy. But deep down inside, there's anger, there's remorse, there's confusion, there's anxiety, there's doubt, there's brokenness, there's hurt, there's pain, there's shame, there's guilt, and it's all percolating inside of us. We're all the same. We want to hide it. We don't want anybody to see it, including ourselves. We're so good at even fooling ourselves. But one of the greatest steps to breakthrough is realizing the fact we failed. We all, not some, not most, we all. Me standing up here, bald-headed guy, cool-looking best, by the way, on the stage. I failed, you failed. We all failed. Let's, let's face the brutal facts. We fall short of God's perfection. Isn't that, a, a, in, in some ways, a comforting feeling? Nudge your neighbor and go, he fell too. I mean, it's just, it, it, it helps us to understand, listen, we all make mistakes. We all feel bad. We all have struggles that we have to grapple with. We failed. But, but catch this too, because th this is where Jesus takes Peter and where he wants to take us this morning. The beauty about failure is it reveals to us who we really are. So instead of forgetting about all the cute things that you've done and all the list of good things, recognize this is who you really are. And when you see yourself for who you really are, this is, this is the kicker right here. Catch this, guys you begin to recognize why you really need him. Because you can't fix you. Some of you here, you've struggled for decades with depression and discouragement and these things that have been written on your heart. I could unfold them and label them and you're just going, what do I do with these things? Let your failure show you that you need him, that we fail. Let's call it. I, I, I love the, the comic strip where Lucy and Charlie Brown are talking, and Lucy says to Charlie Brown, it says, Charlie Brown, you, you learn more when you lose. And Charlie Brown smiles and says, that must make me the smartest boy alive. <laughs> There's some real truth to that, isn't there? Because of his failure, he's become the smartest boy alive. In other words, if you allow yourself, you can learn much more from your failures about you than you can your successes. I read this poem, and it's a, it's a pretty moving poem. And again, I don't know where a lot of you are, in, again, in your journey with understanding Jesus. But it's a poem entitled, Why You Need Me. And this is a poem that supposedly would be written by God, although God didn't write this. So, But it's take it as if God's speaking this to you about why your failures point you to him. It says this, if you never felt pain, then how would you know that I'm a healer? 
If you never went through difficulty, then how would you know that I am a deliverer? If you never had a trial, how could you call yourself an overcomer? And if you never felt sadness, how would you know that I'm a comforter? And if you never made a mistake, this is for some of you today, how would you know that I'm forgiving? And if you were in trouble, well, how would you know that I will come to your rescue? And if you're never broken, then how would you know that I can make you whole? And if I gave you all things, how would you appreciate them? If I never corrected you, how would you know that I even love you? And if you had all power, then how would you learn to depend on me? And here's the best, the last. If your life was perfect with no problems, then how would you know that you're in desperate need of me? People oftentimes say to me, well, serving God's a sign of weakness. It's a sign of intelligence. It's the fact of the matter that I recognize, unlike the other person, that pride isn't the thing that's going to heal me, but it's going to be my dependence upon a God who has died for me. So we've got to come to this first grip. As we look at Peter's story, the first thing that we've got to learn from this simple Easter story Welcome to humanity. We all fail. Isn't that exciting? Good news. Have a great Easter. No, I'm teasing. But the story gets good, though, because although we have failed, we've all been forgiven. When it really comes down to Easter, it's beyond the candy and the Easter eggs and the egg hunts and the brunches and all the stuff. It's, it's recognizing, listen, We need him. This is our life, and he can change it. He can actually take your life and turn it around. When I look at Peter's life, I recognize that that Peter was forgiven. Jesus would not only come and and say, hey, listen, Peter, you're going to deny me, but he says, just watch how the next few days unfold. I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to die for all of humanity, which he did. Three days later, a couple of the ladies would go to the tomb to find out that the, the, the stone had been rolled away. And his body wouldn't be there, and they're dumbfounded by it. And an angel of the Lord appears right at this moment where these ladies are kind of going, ah, he's not here, you know. He was now here, now he's not. And I mean, they're just trying to figure it out. The angel of the Lord says something that's so personal. Catch this. Mark 16, 6, it says, do not be surprised. You're looking for Jesus who was crucified. I love these three words. He isn't there. They're going, yeah, I kind of got that. But anyways, (laughs) powerful story. It says, he's been raised from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and give this message. He says this, go and give this message to his disciples. And then the angel of the Lord says, and Peter. Go tell humanity. But make sure Peter knows. I know what Peter's going through. I know the shame and the guilt. And although I can see humanity and the billions of people I die for, I see Peter. I see his hurt. I see his wound. I see where he's at. 
And it gives us this glimpse into the heart of God that, yes, he comes to say, I'm dying for all of you. But he comes down and he says, and I also died for Susan, for Dylan, for Roger, for Chris. Go tell everybody I died. And, and Michelle, Tim. It, it kind of takes this whole idea of Christianity and it puts the focus right down on you and saying, if you were the only person alive dealing with what you've dealt with, he simply came for you. Peter got that. It was an amazing revelation for him. He, he, he came to that place saying, Despite me, I can be forgiven. As I look at Paul's life, too, in Romans 8, Paul says the same thing, and he says this. He says, nothing, Romans 8, he says, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Life can't, death can't, angels can't, demons can't. He goes on and he gives this exhaustive list, the fears of today and the worries about tomorrow. The powers of hell even can't keep you and keep God's love away. He says, whether you're high above the sky or in the deepest ocean, he's saying, wherever you're at, whatever you've experienced, whatever you've done, no matter how dark it is, no matter how vile it is, no matter how much you think that God has erased you from his book, he says, nothing can separate you from God's love. That's what it says. That's good news. So not only was Peter forgiven, and, and here's, here's kind of where I just want to dial in for a minute or two this morning. The good news of Easter is really boiled down to this. Because he is risen, you are forgiven. What's Easter all about? He's risen. You're forgiven. Come on, Mark. It sounds too simple, too good to be true. It's why they call it good news. So, Mark, what you're telling me is, is my life, my decades of shame and mistakes and problems and trials and everything else that are in front of me, that with one encounter with Jesus, it can be all wiped away? That's what I'm telling you. Just like the story, what happened is that, that in Susanna's story, when you come and you allow Christ to forgive you, it's like your table's cleared. I mean, it's just like it's, it's wiped away. The Bible says that if anyone come to Christ or be in Christ, it says all things, every single one of these, it says they're all passed away and behold, all things become new. It's not just that you're forgiven. You get a new start and a new identity and a, and a new revelation and you get eternal life and you get relationship with Christ and you have keys to the kingdom and everything that you, that you need is right in front of you. And just as we saw in the story, what God wants to do this morning, he, wa he wants to take his pen upon your heart. And he just wants to write these simple words. A-M-A-Z-I-N-G, G-R-A-C-E, amazing grace. And he wants you to walk your life. With that on your life. Tomorrow you're going to fail. Amazing grace. 
Tomorrow you're going to have a bad thought. You're going to get mad. You might even have a little road rage. Amazing grace. You're going to get mad at your child. Amazing grace. You're not going to have a good day at work. Amazing grace. I love the fact that despite me, I could live life in victory. Not because of me, but because of amazing grace. When you look at Peter's life and when it all comes down to the end of this story, Peter chose to respond. He realized again that what was written on his heart and his life was this idea of regret. He couldn't fix it. He couldn't change it. He saw Jesus with the pen ready to write. And because of his decision to receive, he became one of the greatest leaders in history. You know when it really comes down to it? He makes it so simple. I say this all the time. Please hear me. Why do we spend our whole life running from God when all that he's going to do when he catches you is love you? He already knows the way you think. He already knows your thoughts. He already knows your... He, listen, it's, it's, we, we think we're hiding from him. He knows all about your life. And he just stands there with open arms. The same way he died is the same way he lives. Open arms, just saying, it's free. You don't have to live that way anymore. Recognize that you failed. Come on, just face the brutal... You, you failed. Receive his forgiveness and then just respond to his amazing grace. He made it real simple. Just receive and respond. Trust me. I know my life. I know where I came from. I see hundreds and hundreds of stories throughout this room. People that I've talked to, like Susanna's story, of people that were shipwrecked. People that were in a desperate hopeless place that thought they had it all figured out. Let me just a little news flash. Let me know how it works for you. This is what I know is when you die, he lives. And when he lives, you live. It's that simple. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Saved a wretch. Like me. Like you. It's that simple. Just that simple. Would you do me a favor this morning? Would you just bow your head just, just for a minute? We're almost done here. Can I, can I ask you just to, just for a second, slow down your world and life and just be honest with yourself for a second. Say, you know, I get it. I, 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 I failed. I've made mistakes. I'm human. And then just acknowledge the fact that, you know, 
I really don't have to continue living life this way. Serving Jesus isn't a religion, it's a relationship. It's just simply saying, God, I, I, I need a relationship with you. I want to walk around cloaked in your amazing grace. I, I just need you in my life. What better way to spend Easter 2014 than to start with resurrection life in your life? And all that simply means is that you say, I need Jesus. And if that's you here this morning, you've never maybe prayed that prayer, maybe you have and you've maybe walked away, but you're here this morning and you're saying, you know what? I want to receive his amazing grace. That's all you're saying is I want to receive his amazing grace. If that's you, again, with every eye closed, head bowed, just just slip your hand up where I can see it. You can put it right back down. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hands all over the place. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. That's awesome. In the back, thank you. I see you in the back. Come on, just put your hand up. Just go right now. Why delay? What do you have to lose? You have everything to gain. In the back, thank you. Someone else? Anyone else at all? Thank you, ma'am. I see your hand up front. Thank you, sir. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. That's awesome. Come on, there's hands all over. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's awesome. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. See you in the back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, the Bible says all the angels in heaven rejoice when someone gives their life to Jesus. I think there is a party in heaven right now taking place. Come on. Amen. That's awesome. Hey, would you do me a favor? Would you all pray this prayer with me right now? Just pray this prayer out loud. Dear Jesus, thank you for your amazing grace. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I'm saved, come on, and I'm set free. Come today, forgive me of all of my mistakes. Come and live inside of me. Be my Lord and Savior. And I acknowledge today that you're my Lord and you're my Savior, and I've been set free. We ask it in Jesus' name. Come on, someone get excited one more time about Jesus this morning. That's awesome.